This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Reset. I'm your host, David McCabe. I can be followed on Twitter, twitter.com slash McCabe.io. I originally envisioned McCabe.io. It was like McCabe input output kind of, but now I just think of it as McCabe.io. I hate that though. <laughs> McCabe.io is the website as well. Patreon, patreon.com slash David McCabe, where you can support this podcast and the forums that um, I run, homeservershow.com, homeautomationforums.com, and surfacegeeks.com. iTunes reviews and stars are also appreciated. Go out and find the Reset Podcast and give it some stars. Give me a review. I would appreciate that. All right. Now, I've got a lot to do today. I've got a lot to talk about. So I'm going to talk about um, the Microsoft Dial. I've got the Google Home product to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about the A-L-E-X-A and Netgear Arlo and also a little bit on Pixel XL. Now I say just a little bit because I'm done with this. I bought the phone. I'm happy I bought the phone, but I keep seeing reviews and I keep hearing reviews that I just don't agree with. So I just wanted to put my last bit of polish on this. I am not a phone reviewer. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but it is hard to review products. It really is. These guys that make it look simple and easy, they are pros. I am not one of them. It is very hard to review a phone, but I can give you details about what it's like to have it as a daily driver because it irks me to no end when people get on YouTube podcasts and their blogs and they review a phone that they do not use. I just, that just pulls my chain. Now, what you have to be aware of is someone who purchases a device and slants it towards the positive because they just invested, you know, into a phone and they don't want to admit that, hey, I made a crappy decision. Well, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to tell you uh, I did purchase the Pixel XL and if it was crappy, I was going to send it back because I also have the Nexus 6P. So I'm just going to tell you I've sold the Nexus 6P and I really, really, really like that phone, but I really, really love the Pixel XL. And I'm going to tell you something about it that people are missing. All the reviews I've read and heard, people are missing. One, do not trust someone who does not use it as their daily driver, especially iPhone users. I I know you can point it out. When you hear it and you read it and someone has no clue what they're talking about, just move on. 
unfollow that person and move on. Two, the Pixel XL from HTC is a fantastic phone. It is fast. It has a great camera. It is pure Android. And the size is good coming from the Nexus 6P. That is my... That is my voice coming from the Nexus 6P. It is a fantastic downgrade in size. And I never thought I would say that because I came from the Nexus 6 and I like that phone as well. Not a good camera, but I liked it. 6P, very good phone, very good camera. Pixel XL is just better. Now, it costs a whole lot of money especially one year after if you have purchased the Pixel XL. And that's pretty much the people I am talking to. Here's why you should or shouldn't get the Pixel XL. If you have the 6P, stay with it. It's a good phone. Wait one year. You've only got one more year to wait. If you are a device guy, a phone guy like myself, and you run the 6P right now, by all means, Go get the XL. Go, I mean, go get the Pixel. It's a fantastic phone. If you're a phone guy, it's expensive. It really is expensive. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie to you there. It's faster. The camera's better. I like it. So, there I've said it. If you've got the money and you're a phone guy, get it. If not, just wait. Even if you're coming from a different experience, like maybe a Samsung or an LG or something. Think about waiting, and here's why. This phone was rushed by all accounts by Google and HTC because Google lost their Huawei partnership. Huawei was the the folks that created the 6P. So HTC pulled off the best phone they had, an easy body to fit it in, a great battery, and they shoved it with every premium part they could find. It's a good phone. It's a great phone. It's just not phenomenally looking, right? It looks like an iPhone from the front without a button. It has massive top and bottom bezels. Massive. And the re- I came across this realization when I pulled out my LG G3. Folks, that is an amazing piece of hardware, the LG G3. If you've never held it, top and bottom bezels are very minimal and the screen size is the same as the pixel xl this leads me to believe that this is what google will be looking for next year and google's going to release pixel xl 2 and everybody who bought pixel xl including myself is going to have a major bout of jealousy and butthurt that they bought the pixel xl for so much money Major butthurt is coming in about 11 months' time, maybe 8 to 10 months' time because of the leaks, but it's coming. And that would be the big reason not to get the XL right now, because of the butthurt. And yes, I will buy the Pixel XL too, and I will have butthurt. (laughs) If you can wait, wait. But if not, by all means, it's a wonderful phone. I'm done with that. I'm glad. I'm happy. Let's move on. I told you I sold the Nexus 6P. 
I'm in a major sell-off mode, and I, I get into this mode every once in a while, and I have my reasons, and I'm, I'm still processing some of those reasons, and I, I don't want to share all of them with you today, but I am in a major sell-off mode. I just recently sold the 6P, happy to sell it to someone who I know and will trust will take care of it. I sold the Ubiquity uh, UAP3, and I don't care who it went to, and I don't care who the, if they take care of it, honestly. Um, I'm digging around for more things to sell. I have a microserver to sell. I have a Cisco router to sell. And I'm just, I'm in a major sell-off. And I do have a plan. I always have a plan of attack. Because I'm, that's how I do things. I buy it, I review it, I unbox it, I work with it. I can, I feel like I can thoughtfully and with experience answer questions about it. And then I sell it and I go on to the next thing and I go on to the next thing. Yes, it's an expensive endeavor. It's like leasing a car every two or three months, right? You take a hit on it, you move on. You take a hit on it, you move on. You keep some things. You keep some things that are redundant. You don't need some things, but you do. You like them. They're shiny. And I like like shiny things. Let's move on to, um, I've got a lot of YouTubes out there right now. So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go out there. YouTube.com slash David McCabe. Just go out there, subscribe. I've got a nice 30-second video, Google Home versus Amazon A-L-E-X-A. Go, go watch it. I, that's my best video ever. And I've been doing this since, what, 08? Best video ever. 30 seconds. So make it viral, people. Make it viral. <laughs> Share it on your Facebook. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Google Home and Amazon A-L-E-X-A. I need a keyword. I think I'm just going to keep saying it like that. So if that bothers you, at least your stuff is not answering. Because if you say the, the words okay and the big G word company, my phone lights up and the Google Home product lights up and it drives me crazy. When I'm editing video, it's kind of funny. I was doing the, the video and editing and it would hear my PC and it would answer and the PC would say it because it's on video and then the Google Home would do it again. Sometimes they would sync up perfectly and sometimes they wouldn't. It was just, it was hilarious. But it's not hilarious when you're listening to a podcast in your home and your A-L-E-X-A keeps answering stupid questions for you. So I know. I trust me. I know. Okay. Home versus A-L-E-X-A. I got the home product. I unboxed it. And let me tell you the size, the weight, the distribution, the speakers, everything. I love it. I absolutely love this device. I love the colors on the top. I love the touch on the top. It picks up voice from a mile away. It literally does. And if your phone is in vicinity, your phone will pick it up at the same time, but it will answer on the home. It's really neat. Now, the faults on this product is it's not the integrated Wi-Fi. I would like Google to integrate everything to have the Wi-Fi product and the home product. And I could dot these around my house. I said dot, I'm not supposed to say that. Put them around my house. They would be access points. They would be speakable Google Home devices. They would also be meshed music devices. So if you wanted to play 
a song throughout the house, you could do so via your phone or via voice. Fantastic product. Sign me up. I love it. I may even sell my Eero if I had uh, something like that. So, versus ALEXA, it performs well. It does better in some things. It doesn't do better in other things. I'm going to put these things neck and neck. And it's up to the companies, Amazon and Google, who's going to pull ahead on this thing. My win, my check mark, goes to the incumbent. Sorry to get political term on you. The incumbent being ALEXA. She has been in our house for a long time. The boys love it. Everybody uses it. And it's hooked up to my Amazon music collection. Big, big check mark. Love that. Google Home is a very smart, contextual, right-on-the-spot device. It is awesome. I'm, I'm going to give it to you there. If you do not have an ALEXA, and you live in the Google Ecoverse, Ecoverse, is that a word? If you live with Google, you get the Google Home. Don't even mess with the ALEXA. If you live in Amazon, you get the Amazon. I think it's pretty cut and dry. If, if you're a Spotify kind of person or a Pandora kind of person, you can pick either one. I would probably go with the Google Home because of the context. But I, I just assume that the ALEXA is going to come contextual at some point. The only problem I don't like about talking to both of them is, especially especially Google, I don't like saying okay G word every time. Now, I can say okay G word when was Abraham Lincoln born? Then I have to say okay G word when did he die? Now, at least I didn't say okay G word when did Abraham Lincoln die? It's contextual. It knows what your last question was. You've heard that. That's beating a dead horse. It's the OKG word that is tiring. Isn't that funny? I'm getting lazy with my voice. Saying A-L-E-X-A seems natural. It's like a name, right? I'm talking to someone. It it, it seems natural. I'm going to give the win to uh, Amazon. I'm going to give the win to Amazon. And when I told you earlier about the phones that if I don't like something or I'm not going to use it, I return it, right? I'm going to send back Google Home. $129. Unless it's like out of stock and one of you guys want to buy it. I'm fine with that too. The big thing is dots. You know Amazon has the little $40. I think they're $40, right? They used to be much more. Trust me, I bought two of them, and I bought the new white uh, dot, which has audio out. It has a cable that comes with it. It's an eighth-inch stereo cable, audio out, and you can hook that up to anything you want. Your television, your stereo. I have it hooked up to my uh, surround house system, my whole home audio system, although not completely. And these things are amazing. You can put them, you can dot them throughout your house. So wherever you may be, you may talk to it. The laundry, the kitchen, the bathroom. Where Put one in your office. They're pretty neat. Maybe even the garage. I think they're that cool to have those spattered around. And you can play your music with them. 
So if you have other speakers that you could hook them up to, because let's let's face it, the dot is not the greatest sounding thing. But if you need it in a pinch, it's there. You can you can you can use it. So if you don't have an ALEXA, consider it. I would probably wait for Black Friday, which is coming up very quickly, guys. I would assume that Amazon has some deals on ALEXA after Black Friday, like the Monday after, like Cyber Monday, which is stupid sounding, but that's what it is. I would assume that that is going to be on sale, and I would assume Google Home probably not. But you never know. I would still wait. If you have questions or comments about any of this stuff, please let me know. Twitter, McCabe, I-O. I'm always on Twitter. Lately, I've been trying to limit my Twitter exposure because of uh, the election, which drives me crazy. Um, my timeline is just full of it, and I understand. It's it's that time of year, right? But I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to tech. So if you have questions, please let me know. Microsoft Dial. I got a Microsoft Dial, and I did a kind of a tongue-in-cheek unboxing of this little guy. If you don't know what the Microsoft Dial is, Microsoft recently had a reveal of their Surface Studio. And they stuck this round knob on the screen and started turning it and changing color palettes and and pen sizes and ink sizes. and oh, It was amazing. Surface Studio video is something to behold in itself. It's a beautifully done creation of a video. Very well done. Go see it. Go watch it. But the dial can be bought separately. It's $99. And it's, wow, it looks like a little, like something, like a little makeup container, right? Just a little makeup container. And it's silver. It has a rubbery base. It has a sticky rubbery base. Not sticky, like gummy worm, wet gummy worm kind of sticky. It's got this rubber, like, it's got a little adhesion. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It sticks to things, right? I put it on my Surface Book screen, and I didn't have the angle right, and funk, it fell off. You can find that on my YouTube video of the unboxing, by the way. I was actually just being silly, because it's not made for the Surface Book. The Surface Book doesn't have enough real estate to be sticking it on it. However, it is made for Surface Book to be on the side. It does, when you install it, when you pair it with Bluetooth, it comes up with a setting. It's in settings. And it's called Wheel, which is the stupidest thing ever because the product's called Dial. But in settings, it's called Wheel. I don't know. Hey, Surface team, you got to call Windows team and have them, you know, make sure they know what the name is. And you can program the functions of this. So when your Surface Book is up and running, you can press and hold the button and a dialogue will pop up on the screen. It's like a a pop over everything else. And it will give you your functions, what you can rotate to. Now when I say rotate to, when you press and hold the button, the dialogue pops up on the screen. It's a dial. And it comes up with some functions. um, Volume and uh, scrolling, magnification, 
it has an undo function you can call, and it has a custom function you can call. Custom function is really kind of cool because you can assign a control tab and a control shift tab. Now, if you don't know what that is, you can pop up Chrome or Edge, I assume Firefox, I haven't used that in years, and open multiple tabs and you can control tab through the tabs. If you have a billion of them open and you go buy one accidentally, you control shift tab and it'll go backwards. So you kind of tab through your tabs. Well, if you have that open, just the browser open, the wheel, the dial, look, I said the wheel, Jesus. The dial will pop through the tabs when you turn it. When you turn it right, it goes left to right. When you turn it back to the left, it goes right to left through your tabs. Like like turning it. You, you see, you're like turning the knob and it's going through your tabs, which is really cool. If you're a heavy mouse user and you don't do that control tab thing, which I do sometimes, a control shift tab I have trouble with and I need that sometimes. It's very handy. I mean, that is very handy. So if you minimize the browser and you have just your desktop up and you scroll the wheel, it'll turn the volume down on the PC. It's not going to sit there stupidly and try to say, oh, I'm, I need some tabs to, to go through. No, it knows. There's not a software in front of it to do that. Now, if that doesn't float your boat, you can put it on scroll. So if you have a browser, a spreadsheet, or something that has, you know, a lot of scrolling to do, you can put the dial on scroll. And it's very fluid. It is the most fluid thing ever. Like you turn it and it's it's so precise. I mean, think of that. It's made for that studio. The turning has to be precise and accurate. It is. It is it is pretty neat, guys. I I must admit, I was a little skeptical about buying this $99 device for my Surface Book because I knew it wasn't designed first for the book. You know, it was designed first for the studio. But this is really neat. I'm, I, I really must admit. I am probably either going to sell it or send it back. I don't think it is... I don't think that I'm going to use it day to day because... My Surface Book is portable. And the dial, it's portable too. It'll fit in your pocket. But I'm not putting it in my pocket. So eh, I bought it to look at. I would rather sell it to someone than send it back to Microsoft. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe I might keep it. I don't know. I really like the little guy. I really like the little guy. I already have the keyboard, although it's last year's iteration. It's called the business keyboard. Remember I reviewed it here on the podcast? You know what? I still have that crappy mouse sitting here. I'm getting used to it. I don't like it, though. I still don't like it, but it's sitting here. I would not buy it again. How about that? Just like I said, it's got to be your daily driver. If you review something, it's got to be your daily driver, and that's hard. That's probably hard for a journalist who's getting pressed to pump things out left and right. It's got to be difficult. All right, the last segment on the old Reset Show, Netgear. Netgear's in the house. I bought a camera. 
It's called the Netgear Arlo. The difference is, this is Arlo Pro. And the difference is, from Arlo to Pro, is on the Pro device, you can transmit audio to the device. Hey kids, get off my lawn kind of stuff, which is kind of cool. I haven't done that yet. Also, it has USB ports on the back where you can stick in a hard drive and save video to that hard drive. So I'm not terribly versed on that right now. I do have my USB drive put in it. I have a little 500 gigabyte hard drive. It's probably slow as ever, but it's stuck on the back. And it's it's one of those non-powered devices. Well, it kind of makes it worse. <clears throat> I don't know the speed if that hinders the uh, the speed of the app or not. I don't know yet. I'm going to test. I will be doing some testing with this thing. This is another one. This is a discovery for me. I've always wanted Netgear Arlo. And it when they came out with local storage, I was like, okay, it's time. The other thing that has kept me away from Netgear Arlo, <clears throat> there's two more things, was smart things. It was not smart things compatible, but now it is. Officially, from smart things, Netgear Arlo is compatible. Now, be careful because Arlo Pro is not listed as compatible. There are some folks using it. You can look through the smart things community and find people using Arlo Pro with the SmartThings adaptation in SmartThings. So don't yell at me if it doesn't do everything because I don't know exactly what it does and does not do within SmartThings today. Now, if I had my wish come true, after looking at Arlo, and I'm gonna tell you, let me tell you a little bit more about Arlo. Okay, it definitely has an app, right? It definitely has an app with it, Android and iPhone, and now it's yelling at me saying I'm not connected to the internet. This app, Harlow on Android, I think sucks. It, I think sucks. I don't like it whatsoever. It does support fingerprint, so on the Pixel, you can log in with your fingerprint and keep it secure that way. I like that. So the app has three tabs on the front of it mode mode is where you can say the camera is armed armed meaning it's looking for motion if it detects it it will send you an update it will uh, pop up on your phone if you have the app installed you can have you can have it text you i think you can disarm it motion detection off you can still jump on it and view it it's just not going to motion detect you can Give it a mode of schedule where detection is on during a certain time. You can geofence it. This is really cool. And this one's under beta. It has beta listed right on the app. So geofencing with your phone, it detects your phone is in this area, and then you can apply a mode when your phone is in the geofence, and you can have a mode when it's out of the geofence. So let's say you're at home, you don't want it to record motion. Tell it that. But you leave, you go to work. You say, motion detection on, record. Fine. You can also do a custom mode. I 
did um, one a, a couple of custom modes, like an armed no notify. Because man, when I'm testing it, this thing notifies you like crazy. So I I did arm, detect motion, record video, and don't tell me because <laughs> I'm playing with it. You don't need to text me every single time. You can also do detections with audio. Say there's a loud bang or a boom or a car pulls up. I don't know. It will detect that way and record as well. The middle tab is a devices tab. And by the way, while I'm recording this podcast, I'm waiting for an appliance repair person to come up to the house. That's those typical where the cable company will be there between, you know, 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. But I've got the camera pointed out a window. Hopefully it will detect someone walking up to the door and it will send me a notice. I'm just playing with it. So the devices lists your cameras. So you get to see the last picture event of that camera in a scrolling list, which is pretty neat. There's also it's it's also like the main driving panel. You add a device. You can I don't know why this is here and in such a big button, but you can turn the siren on. Arlo Pro has a siren on the base station. When I was doing my first test and setup, I don't know if I did it from I think I did it from the device. I was like, okay, I'll I'll let me try siren. And it warned me, it says, like, this is loud. This could hurt your ears. I was like, whatever. I'm standing right next to it. I hit the siren on. Oh my God, my ears bled for at least an hour. It hurt. I ran away. (laughs) I ran away screaming and trying to hit the button to turn it off. It was so loud. So if you need a mode that says detect, record, and hit the siren, man, it, it will do it. If you need to be woken from the dead, if someone comes to your door, Netgear Arlo Pro is probably your device. It's loud. Oh my God, it's so loud. I don't know who's going to need that, but okay, there you have it. Crazy, crazy loudness. Next tab on the device, on the app, is called Library. Now, this is where you get your calendar and your list of recorded events. And if you have motion set to way too sensitive, you are going to have a lot of events. Trust me. I have a library of events from an hour ago where I was just, I don't know, maybe the trees were moving, something, uh, looking out the window. But there's one, two, three, four, five, six events here. Um just at 10 a.m. for nothing. So you're going to have to play with it. You can set the sensitivity. That is really good about it. There are a lot of settings, a lot of settings in this thing. I will try the iOS app. And what I want to do, honestly, is, and I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to do this. I want to take an old Netgear Arlo camera and hook it up to the system and see how it reacts with the new camera. I think the old camera could be just as fine. And I would assume that would the recordings would go to the base station hard drive. Next, I will pull that hard drive and see what's on it. Let's take a look. 
I don't know if you can save those. I, I have no idea. I don't know if I can connect to them from the network. No clue. We're going to find out. The only thing I don't, the other thing I don't like about it is it has a hub. It's both good and bad. The hub talks directly to the cameras. But you have an extra hub, right? And it's spewing 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi all over your home when you have spent so much money trying to keep your Wi-Fi network clean, tidy. Yeah, there's another device out there spewing it. So I understand because you don't, one thing is you don't have to do a direct connect to each camera. You don't have to hop on its hotspot, set its SSID, password, none of that. The base station does it for you because the base station talks to each camera. So you don't have that. It's easy to set up. Very easy to set up. If you would like to see my first video on Netgear Arnold, please go out to the YouTube channel. Take a look at the unboxing. I kind of show everything about it. And hopefully you'll get an idea on what it looks like, the size of it. Very impressed with the camera. I have not mounted it yet, but I have stuck it outside and let it do its thing. So I, what I'm going to do is maybe go live with it for a couple of hours and see what the battery hit will be on this thing. And I'm going to mute it. And so I'm looking at it now and I'm definitely seeing the shadows. I've, I've put it on super high detail and I'm going to see what it's going to do. I really see this as a game changer in the video industry and surveillance industry because you can take that camera and put it exactly where you need it. You're not dependent upon Ethernet run or power run. You can point it at anything. I think that is awesome. It just, the way that I monitor video, it has not lined up with my wants and wishes. And what I like to do is when I sit down at my desk, my PC, I like to have surveillance station, my Synology NAS surveillance station, up and running. I can see all of the icons of my cameras with little bitty representations of every camera. And I know if something moves through or moves in and out of those fields of view. And I like that. And that's kind of what I would wish with Nick or Arlo, but you got to be got to be a little give and take. It's a battery, right? So how much do I want to swap in batteries? I don't know. The other thing is, is if I could directly address this thing via my Synology NAS, I would have already purchased half a dozen. Literally, I would have already purchased half a dozen. Because I'd love to stick them in and out of uh, places that are hard to get to. Places you want watched. I think that would be awesome. So I will keep you updated if Arlo stays or Arlo goes. $249, $249 for the base station and the first camera. That is expensive. That is ridiculous expensive. Now, Amazon has put these things on sale before, and you really probably want to get them on sale. I've seen them like like the five-pack of cameras or the four-pack or something, like $100 off. That's a sale. It doesn't seem like much because it's still like $399, $499, something crazy. But trust me, that is a deal. 
you gotta get you gotta jump on it if you need it. What else can I say about Arlo? Um, I gotta try the iOS app because I'm very unhappy with the with the Android app. And I'll get it into smart things and try it. If there's something that you would like to know, please let me know. I will try to get it tested. I I don't know. I'm gonna have to look at my Best Buy receipt to see if this is a 30 day or a 14 day. So I I want to know. I don't like doing that. I don't review products and take them back. I don't do that. But I've purchased this one to keep. But if I don't like it, I'm not going to keep it, right? So it will go back. Sorry, Best Buy. But someone will get a nice deal on a, uh, a restock item, right? Hey, if you're not a Patreon, consider doing Patreon. And I, I need to apologize to my top Patreons because for two weeks in a row, I have not done the Wednesday talk, right? I do, I'm planning on doing a Wednesday night uh, get-together with my top patrons, and I have not done so. I stayed up till 3 a.m. on the election, and the next night, Wednesday night, I was dogged. I mean, I was dead tired. So I went to sleep. I'm getting old. I need my rest. <laughs> the next night was the same. Thursday night was uh, was horrible as well. So I'm catching up. I feel good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to test gear. I'm loving this video. I love doing YouTubes. Even though I'm not the greatest videographer and not the greatest video editor, but I want to keep trying. I enjoy it. Please go out to that YouTube channel and subscribe. Okay, one thing I have been forgetting at the end of every single show is what I've been reading. And I really wanted to remember this <laughs> and get you some what I've been reading. So I'm going to go over a couple of things that I've been reading and they are actually on last week's post in the week before, but I'm going to talk about them here real real quick, just one minute. Uh, Rusty Memories, Route 66. Nice little article, very pictorial. Go read that. It's really kind of cool. And something that I should have gotten to you two weeks ago, but it's a YouTube video on how to trade Halloween candy. It's hilarious. Now, it's kind of for an older crowd, but I think that you're going to enjoy it if you're a younger crowd. How to trade Halloween candy. It's a video. It's like two or three minutes long. It's hilarious. I love this thing. Now, Reset 7, I think I mentioned that. Yes, I did mention this in the in the podcast, but go back and look at Reset 7 about claw machines. You know the claw machines with the stuffed animals and the candy and stuff. You pay a dollar, you get the claw goes down, it grabs onto something, and it inevitably drops it and lets it go. Are they rigged or are they not? It's going to be real interesting. That's on Reset 7. I will put these links in the show notes. Go out and read these articles, watch these videos. Good stuff, hilarious stuff. It's what I've been reading. Thank you for listening to Reset. Please share it. Share it on your Facebook timeline. Tag me. I think that's how you do it, right? You tag someone in Facebook or whatever. Just let me know you've done it. So facebook.com slash McCabe.io. You see how everything's working out that way? So if you can just remember that, it's just a YouTube channel. <laughs> that is David McCabe. Now don't type in David McCabe on Facebook because you're going to get some scary looking people. I'm the guy in blue with sunglasses on my head. You'll see it in my timeline. Um, I'm not a big Facebook person, 
but I understand that you personally probably have more reach than I do, and I appreciate you sharing the videos and the posts and whatnot and Reset Podcast. That's awesome. That's what I want to do. So thank you so much for listening to Reset. I really, really enjoy doing this podcast, and it's because of you listening, downloading, and sharing. And throw some stars out there on iTunes. Here's the exit music. See you next week. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash David McCabe for the videos, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Daryl Lee. Find Daryl Lee at soundcloud.com, Daryl Lee Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe. And if you wouldn't mind, throw a couple stars out there on iTunes if you get a chance to. Thank you for supporting, and I'll see you next week on Reset. Reset.